Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, where we give you words to live by. I am your host, Robert Timmons. I pray that these last couple weeks have been going great for you. Uh, We are making our way throughout the year uh, already in August. Can't believe it, but I'm happy that you all are joining me on today, wherever you are listening from. I am especially excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest with me. He is a fellow author, a fellow podcast host, uh, and just an all around uh, great guy. I met him at a wellness panel earlier this year. Uh, Please welcome to the mic, Miles the Millennial. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate it, man. You have been a great help since we've met so far. I'm super excited to get in this conversation and just dive in on these topics and really give people so much value. Awesome. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Uh, before before we get into it, do you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself to those listening uh, since so they can get acquainted with you? Yep. So I'm Miles the Millennial. Um, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm 24 years old. I'm a best-selling author and motivational speaker. Um, I target young adults. My book is called Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, A Young Adult Guide to Fulfillment. And, you know, my purpose is really to influence the minds of our youth who are being impacted on a daily basis by so many negative things. I'm here to influence them in a positive way, to regain control of their life, to think for themselves and to really know what it is to be a fulfilled human being. So I'm super excited to be here and I want to help everybody on this call, whether you're youth, whether you're uh, elderly or whether you're just in your adulthood and, and, and making your way in life and I really think that we're going to have some great words here today that are going to help and impact you. Awesome, man. I, I really I really enjoyed everything that you said. And I, I think we need more people like you in the in the world uh, because it's it's so important for, like you said, youth to know, you know, what they can become. And then people who are in their adult lives, you know, it's never too too late to make to make a change. But go ahead and talk to us about your book. Uh, you know, what inspired it? Um, what, what did you pull from for the content inside the book? Just give us an overview. Yeah. So the book is nine chapters is less than a hundred pages. Cause like I said, I wrote it for young adults. So I want it to be extremely accessible and easy for them to be able to grasp and, and, and get the value out of it and then keep moving. Um, it's nine chapters and those nine chapters deal with all the facets of life that I could think of that are so important, um, when you're just going through life and especially in your young adulthood. So deals with everything from dating to friendships to money, um, how to deal with finish starting and finishing things, how to move your life with intention, how to lead um, your faith. It deals with all these particular areas. And I, you know, give some some pages of of insight and wisdom. A lot of this is influenced. I always say that, you know, I'm blessed. And so I want to be a blessing to others. The information that I was able to learn at a younger age than, you know, most people, I, I think I was given it so that I could share it with other people. And so I use the wisdom of whether that's personal anecdotes from my own life, family, friends, uh, quotes from very prominent speakers and intellectuals. I, I use pop culture references. You know, I reference a lot of different rappers and, and entertainers in the book and, and use them as examples of the good and the bad that we can use to apply to our lives to become better people. Um, the, the book is just 90 pages of to the point, influence and an impact about what you're actually going through. I speak to you as the reader in the language that you speak um, rather than trying to portray myself as something that I'm not or speak to you in a language that is not something that we understand. So it's very real, very personal and very impactful. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I read the book and, and I, I can second, you know, what Miles is saying here. Um, I, there pretty much everything in here or, you know, at some point there were things that I related to things mm-hmm. that I said, Hey, yep. I've said that to somebody or things yeah. where I said, Oh dang, I wish I would have known that sooner or yep. I'm looking and it's, Oh wow. I, I think I'm looking in a mirror and I'm forced mm-hmm. to look back at my reflection and, you know, I, I need to consider potentially changing some things about, about my life. So I, de- I definitely recommend if you don't have a copy already, go ahead and get a copy for yourself or for someone in your life. Like he said, it's less than a hundred pages and miles where can get, where can they get a copy of the book? So everyone can find this on my website, www.milesthemillennial.com. Um, that's the easiest way. If you order from that website, I'll be able to sign it for you and, and make it out to whoever you want it to be made out to. Um, if you can't do that and you prefer to go the Amazon route, you can always find it on Amazon. Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, A Young Adult Guide to Fulfillment is the name of the book. Um, I prefer you guys go through the website, but if you go through Amazon, I appreciate the support all the same. Great, great. Okay, well, we'll be talking about the book throughout today's episode. But for those who might be tuning in for the first time, Weekly Words Extend the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, excuse me, is a podcast that I do monthly. And each month, I have two uh, web series videos that are published on YouTube and IGTV uh, called Weekly Words, where I post five minute messages. And then on the podcast, we are going to talk about that further. Now, the unique thing about this year is that every episode poses a question. So we have two specific questions that were posed this month that we're going to talk about here. And then also just let it uh, free flow to other things and topics that might come up naturally in our conversation. So uh, the first question that I asked if you didn't get a chance to listen to the episode on IG or IGTV or YouTube was what if I can't do this so in that episode I talked about the importance of us being mindful of the thoughts that we had in our head right we, we our actions often imitate what we think and if we think we can't do something then it probably will never happen. If we think we can do something, then it probably will happen. And so, Miles, I want to go ahead and pose that question to you. You know, what would you say to someone who is in a space of thinking, what if I can't do this? I know in your book, you have a chapter about faith and also about intentionality. So I know this isn't a a, a strange topic to you. So just go yeah. ahead and what would you say to that person? Yeah, this is a, a topic that I have on a daily basis, a conversation that I have on a daily basis with a lot of different people um, who are dealing with that concept of, can I do this, right? Is this a possibility for me? Do I have it in me? Do I have the ability? Um, and one of the first things I like to start with, with them um, is a quote. And I'm not going to use the one I put in the book just yet. I'll use it in a, in a few. But the, the first quote that I think of is, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And I love that quote because quite literally what it's saying is if you think you can do it, then you can do it. And if you think you can't do it, then you cannot because your belief is the foundation of your outcomes. What you internalize and the thoughts that you have and what you sit here and tell yourself is possible and is not possible will play itself out in tangible outcomes and tangible actions through your day to day life. And it will bring about whatever it is that you have made up in your head is realistic. So if you believe that being an astronaut is realistic, you will find a way to do it if that's what you want to do. And if you think that 
I'm not smart enough or I don't have the money or I don't have the access to become an astronaut, then guess what? You will never have you will never find the intelligence. You will never find the resources and the, the access and you'll never find the money to go do that. Um, so it, it really does all start there. So I, I say in my book that there are no limitations as to what you can do besides the limitations of your own mind. Right. And, and that is so powerful to me because so many times in my life and in other people's life, we only go so far with what we believe we can do. And typically that's determined by what other people have told us we can do. Our parents, our friends, teachers, all our influencers, whatever they've told us, whatever the world has told us, the good and the bad, whatever level that has placed us at, that's about as far as we think we can get. And the reality is that's nowhere near your limit. The only limitations that you have is how far you can believe. And so if you allow them to become your internalized thoughts and beliefs, then, you know, that is your limitation. But if you believe that I can do so much more above and beyond what people have told me I can do, what even I've told myself up until this point I can do, then guess what? You will achieve everything that you want in time. At some point in time, it will manifest itself mm -hmm. in your real life. So. You know, when, when people ask if they can do this or whether they can, I tell them whatever you're thinking, you're right. And understand that there's no limitation as to what you can do besides the limitations of your own mind. Right. Whatever you think you can be. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I like how you were talking about, you know, one, the limitations that we put on ourselves, but also the, the limitations that we accept from society. Right. Yeah. This is the things that society tells us that we can or can't do because of our background, because of our race, because of our gender, because of our beliefs, you know, insert whatever about you here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> society probably has some sort of, of limitation on that. And, you know, both of us know being black men, yep. <laughs> those type of limitations, un unfortunately. Uh, so I, lo I love what you said, but um, are you able to maybe give us any kind of examples of things that you've gone through in your life that maybe you thought you couldn't do, but you ended up being able to do or things you tell yourself in the moment to keep moving forward? Yeah. So I'll give you a couple examples. The first example I'll give you is in terms of me speaking, right? Speaking has always been the talent that God gave me, really words in general. God gave me an ability to be able to influence people with my words, both written and spoken, right? That I've identified that in myself at this point in my life. I know what my gift is. Um, but for the longest time, I ran away from that gift. I was the kid that was always speaking in churches and I could at three, four years old, I could memorize these speeches and, you know, woo the entire audience at church, the whole congregation with things that I shouldn't have been able to say at such a young age. Um, going through school, I joined the debate team in high school and um, I joined my senior year. I've been wanting to do debate my entire high school career. My parents finally let me join. And in the first year of me doing it, you know, I won a speaker's champion award at Harvard. It was a national oh, championship. Wow. Nice. So, you know, God always showed me when I walked across my gift, I always did amazing things above and beyond what other people could do. And it was him identifying to me and showing me like, this is what I have you here for. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to be doing. But, you know, growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, um, I grew up in suburban America. So I was around a lot of Hispanic people, a lot of white people, a lot of Asians, um, not as many of me. And. I would get, you know, kind of picked on because they would call me an Oreo because I spoke so proper. I was really articulate. Um, and so I would get picked on and called an Oreo. And, and, and even my black friends would make comments to me about certain stuff. And it made me uncomfortable with my voice and the way I talked. And so 
for the longest, all I wanted to do was sound like everybody else. Um, for the longest, I wanted to portray myself as something that I wasn't. And I placed a limit on myself. I had a gift. I had already identified, like I had a different problem than most people. Most people, it's hard for them to find that gift. I knew what my gift was and I ran across it multiple times in my life. And I was pushing away from it because of the limitations that I self-imposed due to my insecurities mm -hmm. um, from other people. And it wasn't until I was about to graduate college. I was in my senior year and, you know, I just was talking to my friend. We were uh, on spring break in Miami. I remember because this was right before COVID hit. And I remember we were sitting there having a conversation and I was watching a Gary Vee video. And, you know, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I love these Gary Vee videos. And I'm talking to him and I'm like, man, I say all this stuff all the time to people. Like every single thing he's saying, I already think or I already say mm -hmm. I can do this. And then when I said it out loud, we both just looked at each other mm -hmm. and we were like, no, you can really do this. Like, this is what you need to be doing. And that was the day that Miles the Millennial was born. Um, you know, I placed that limitation on me because of what other people felt, what other people thought. And it was going to push me away from what I was supposed to do. And Lord knows when I would have came across that realization later on in my life that this is what I was gonna, I was supposed to be doing. Um, you know, second one is is more of a, a practical thing that happens to all of us, right? As we grow up and we have these big dreams for ourselves that we want to achieve, you know, we're constantly told the older we get, we get told more practical routes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, try and do this or, or go to school for that. And, you know, you be, you make a good this, right? Nobody tells you the, the most outlandish, big, grand thing. Nobody says, hey, you could be the best speaker in the world, Miles. They say, hey, you should be an attorney. You, you you speak really well. You know, make sure whatever job you get, make sure it's something where you can talk. That's something my pops used to always tell me. <laughs> make sure it's somewhere you can talk because you love to talk, right. which he was right about. You know, but everybody places practical, you know, results on your life. And quite frankly, we're not put on this earth to do practical things. We're put on this earth to do our God-given purpose. Hey, yep. And that's never practical. It's always going to shake the room because God doesn't do anything that's small. God doesn't do anything that's, you know, supposed to be ignored and, and, and non-noticeable. No, God operates in your life and he moves mountains. And so he places us here to do the same thing. Um, and so, you know, that practicality that comes from being in this society that forces you to try and find a lessened route for yourself that doesn't fit to what the level that God placed you here to do. Right. That's a limitation that I face and a limitation that I feel everybody faces at some point. And you, you have to figure out for yourself and talk to yourself, when am I going to break free of this mold? Yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow. That's 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 extremely powerful. Uh, you know, going back to what you were saying originally, you know, back in school about being, you know, called an Oreo. I can 100 percent relate to that. Mm -hmm. Right. And yep. it's crazy how we can be in a space of our light shining, but mm -hmm. we allow other people the authority to dim that light. Yes. Because we want to fit in. We don't want to stand out. Yep. But like you said, you know, if we are moving in the purpose God has for us, it's probably not going to be in this practical way. It's, exactly. It can be in this moving, mounting way, exactly. which is going to require you to stand out. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also love how you were talking about, you know, the simple moment of when Miles the Millennial was was born. Right. Yeah. You say it was that moment in the conversation, like, 
oh, I can do that. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, scripture says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Come right. On. It can, it can, it can happen at, at any point. Any point. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things, you know, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, we need more people like you. And part of that reason is because we need other people, other men, other black men to see what they can become. Yes. You, you, you spoke about, you know, your dad or other people saying that you needed to do something where you can talk. You needed to be mm-hmm. a, a lawyer, an attorney. Mm-hmm. That's because that was all that they could really exactly. kind of picture and find fathom. tangible. Yep. It, fathom, right. But if someone sees, oh, no, you can also be an author. You can mm-hmm. also be a podcast host. You can also mm-hmm. be a talk show host. You can also be a motivational speaker. You can also be an engineer. Like all these different things that we can be. Once we see other people do that or other people that look like us do that, exactly. then we're, we can we start to get this picture of what we could become. Right. And then exactly. that's when you can set goals and that's when you can exceed goals and, you know, do do better than than your legends and, and your heroes and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And, you know, it's it's an amazing point that you're making because what you see, you can believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to be something that you can't see and what's portrayed and shown to us. All we see is our athletes and our entertainers. So we wonder why every black boy wants to be an uh, either a rapper or an athlete and make it to the league. It's because they don't see that you can be successful, famous, and all these other cool things. And not to say that that should be the goal, but just mm-hmm. saying, like, they don't see these type of people that are having success out here, these entrepreneurs and all these people. That's not the ones that they see. They only get to see the LeBrons and the little babies of the world. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. You right. know what I'm saying? Because to each its own, everybody has their goal. And for some of them, that is exactly what they need to be aspiring to be because that's their calling, right? That they were put on this earth to be the the one of the greatest ball players ever and use that to impact lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how LeBron is able to set up his schools and do all these amazing things for other black boys to be able to advance themselves. He's not setting that up for them to become ball players. He's using it so that they can become the best them that they need to be whatever you're going to do it needs to impact other people in a positive way yeah and you know i think that that is so crucial and and that's the reason why i do what i do is because i know that even if it's one person there is somebody out there that when i'm not even realizing it i'm changing their life by the thing that i said that day it never ceases to fail me how somebody will come to me it could be months down the road and they're like i I haven't even seen these people like my post so i don't even know right right Mm -hmm. but they'll come to me they'll be like bro like your videos, I watch them every day. They 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 have changed my whole outlook on life. I use your videos to do this. You you help me in this situation. You help solve this problem in my relationship. You gave me the confidence to to make this move for myself. Right? That that's what we're here for. That's what's up. That's the power behind what we're doing. And and I really to kind of go off of what you were saying when like God, you know, is, is speaking to you. Like a big thing that I'm starting to push for people, because I've started to realize it, is that everybody has these flashes it's, the younger you are you get them like i think as you get older you get a little bit less and a little bit less because as life gets real if you haven't yet found that thing yet it's really hard to hear it when it's coming to you and recognize it because you're so stuck in doing the practical realistic thing um because you have more burdens in life it's a lot easier when you have less burdens to dream and mm-hmm. and, and, and and care about those dreams but the big thing that i'm pushing right now is like I need people to understand what it sounds like when God is speaking to them. Mm. Like how many of us know what that sounds like, right? I think we all have this picture in our head 
you know, God has this this deep, ominous, powerful voice, and it's going to sound so distinct from everybody else. And to some people, that may be what God's voice sounds like. But what I've learned God sounds like on a universal scale is it's he speaks through your ideas. He speaks through your confidence, your confident thoughts of yourself, your empowering thoughts of yourself, your improving parts of yourself, right? And the devil is the same way, right? They have the, the, the voice doesn't sound different. It's the words. It's the thoughts that distinguish the two. When you think down on yourself, when you're limiting yourself, when you stay in bad situations, when you make, you know, insecure or immature decisions, that's the devil talking to you that, that, that put that in your head. Mm-hmm. God was that other voice that said, hey, don't do that. That's not a good idea. God was the voice that said, hey, you see this opportunity. Don't let it pass by. Hey, you know you need to do this. You need to be consistent at this. Keep doing it. I'm going to make a way. That's how God speaks to us. And I want people to recognize his voice when they hear it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. That's um, <laughs> that's that's really good. And that's that's really that's really important. I, I loved all that you said about understanding understanding god's voice um and the differences between his and the, and the devil's mm-hmm. uh which is always a twisting right maybe yeah. maybe god says something like if you do this um there's going to be a delay to your purpose mm-hmm. and the enemy comes in and says if you do this there'll just be a little bit of delay to your mm-hmm. purpose you know what i mean like it, mm-hmm. there's that twist on it where it's like exactly. ooh, ooh, is it like, really that bad <laughs> right 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 um, and then also, you know, what you were saying about, um, you know, giving people more, more ideas to be able to, to fathom yeah. and, and whatnot. So let's, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, so, okay, someone comes to you and they're like, okay, great. You've inspired them. And like, now they're, they're in a space where like, Hey, I can, I can dream again. Right. I, 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 I can do this. Yeah. I want to be X, Y, Z. I want to do ABC, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then it's like they hit this roadblock Mm. and maybe they're discouraged, not because they don't think that they can do it, but it's kind of like, oh, I don't feel like doing all this stuff that's tied to success because Mm. everyone always says they want to be successful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not everybody wants to put in the work to be successful. Can you maybe speak from your life experience of, of, of some, um, grueling or grinding times and seasons you've had to go through to kind of get to you know your level of success and the level of success that you're still working towards yeah so um i i'll you know i've already referenced some of it in in terms of just like identity crises and and really accepting who i was that in and of itself was you know a decade worth of of struggle because when you're not comfortable with yourself you can't be truly happy with yourself mm-hmm. um you know, you only experience happiness to an extent, and that's a horrible feeling. Um, it's like a weight always on your shoulders because you're just constantly looking for this form of validation that you just cannot get. Um, so that's part of it. But also just with even currently, right, being somebody that has a business as an entrepreneur and I want to go f- completely full time with it um, in the near future. But, you know, while I'm building that, I still have to work my nine to five, which is perfectly fine because it teaches me a lot. It finances a lot of things. It allows me to do so many other things, right? But in that, right, there is a struggle because you can get worn out from the work that you do from nine to five and you don't want to, you know, feel like doing that work from Ooh, six to ten yep, yep. for your business, right? And now you're putting your dreams on the back burner 
for somebody else's dreams because that's what you you're doing when you're working your your job like this is this was somebody else's dream and you're helping build it um which i don't think is a negative thing because i expect to be at a point one day where there's going to be people helping me build my dream exactly right yep so i have no problem with that i'm not somebody that ever will bash nine to fives I, i i think that they are great and i think that they serve a great purpose um so long as people understand what it is that they want out of it mm-hmm. um, and don't get lost in thinking that this is their purpose. If it is fulfilling your purpose, then great. But if it isn't, then make sure you take it for what it is and and, and use it to your advantage. Um, but that's a, a constant struggle that I deal with on a daily basis because that can take the energy out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it can take the creativity out of you. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really ask yourself on a day-to-day basis, like, how bad do I want this? You know, and you're going to go through some some periods. It's going to come sometimes where, you know, you just get a little complacent or you fall off track a little bit. You lose a little bit of focus. But see, I've, I've never had a problem with, with falling off track. My issue is be so real and understanding with yourself that when you do fall off track, you're not sitting here trying to blame anybody else or, you know, expect right. an outcome that you know you didn't work for. Right. Right. Like I, I That's one thing that I, I cannot support. Did you do the work? Did you do it consistently? Did you do it with quality? Did you do it with some grit? Right? Those are the really the three things. Right? And that kind of goes down to the difference between, I talk about this all the time, and this, this actually is a great tip that I can give people. They need to understand the difference between motivation, discipline, and diligence. And this is what I want everybody to think about when they're having those discussions, like you said. They get started on it or they want to do something and they hit those roadblocks. This is what you need to ask yourself and you need to understand these three differences. You know, you got motivation, you have discipline, and you have diligence. Motivation is the first and bottom level. You see, motivation is when you do something because, you know, you're excited to do it, or it's cool to do it, or it's new to do it, right? You want to do it. See, that's the first level, but that only lasts so long. And this is where most people fall off, right? Most people who aren't truly realistic with themselves about what it's going to take, once the motivation leaves them, that's where they stop. And it's sad because the thing about motivation is it comes in spurts, right? Like they they stop now, but if they would have kept going a month later, they were going to get a whole new wave of motivation and it was going to lead to the next stage of growth for them, but they stopped. And so they'll never even be able to experience it. That second level is discipline. Discipline is doing the things that you need to do when you don't want to. Motivation was doing it when you, when you wanted to. Discipline is doing the things that you mm-hmm. need to do when you don't want to, right. when you're tired, when, you know, you go to work and you come home, you're like, man, it's been a long day, but I know I need to go ahead and film these episodes <laughs> yep. and, and there. <laughs> you do it. You say, you know what? Let me go ahead and do it, man. Let me, let me not go lay down. Let me go ahead and knock out this and, and, and keep moving forward. Discipline is the next level. And I feel like the people who are serious with themselves, this is where they get to before they fall off. Um, because see what discipline breeds is complacency. If you're not careful, if you're not the last step, which is diligent, you see diligent difference between discipline and diligence. Both of them mean you do it when you don't want to. But diligence means to do what you don't want to do at a high level. Oh, wow. So even though you don't want to do it right, because what will happen is we've been disciplined and we get in our routine. And so we do what we need to do, but we're not doing it as intentional. Right. We're not challenging it how we should. We're not innovating the way that we should. We're not advancing it and doing it as meticulous as we should. Whatever those 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 steps are that you know you need to do to make sure you're improving. See, it's one thing to practice. 
it's a whole other thing to practice properly right oh, anybody shoot. can go out there and go do it you let's say you go into the gym let's say you go into the gym right when you're motivated you pump that iron for a couple of weeks you lose that motivation you never go back and you keep doing this on and off for years and years on end you're never going to see any real improvement see with discipline you will see some improvement you will see some results you're going to lose some pounds or gain some muscle but you're going to plateau at a certain point because what happens is as we know when you're working out if you don't continuously find new ways to challenge yourself new ways to advance what you've already done to to break down those muscles even further a new variation a new time lapse in between exercise something to elevate it if you don't find a way to be diligent then you plateau and so you'll be working out you can work out for the next 10 years and you won't get any stronger than what you were because you've been doing the same things for 10 years you won't get any stronger than when you plateaued a year two right and we're, we're wondering like man why isn't it isn't this going to the next level? It's because you haven't gone to the next level. Ooh. You haven't been diligent about what it takes to truly re reach success. Wow. <laughs> I feel like we got to let the mic breathe for a second because you just dropped a whole bunch. <laughs> you dropped a whole bunch. So let me, for those of you who's, who's still trying to pick up the pieces, let me, let me kind of recap a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Miles, I love what you're talking about. It's, it's um, the important things whenever we're talking about moving to success, consistency, quality, and grit. Mm. And then also understanding the difference between motivation, discipline, and diligence. And mm. I got to say, you actually just leveled me up right here, right? Like, <laughs> I was with you. Like, yeah, motivation. Like you said, we all know that feeling. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I feel it. I yeah. want to, right? The Those random spurts when it's like, yeah, like, yeah, let's let's get a salad today or yeah, let's let's work out today or yeah, I'm going to go write this today or yeah, whatever, whatever. It just it just feels right. It, it yep. falls into place. Yep. Awesome. Not knocking it. Level one. Mm -hmm. But then level two is that discipline doing what you don't doing what you need to do when you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So still consistently going to the gym or mm -hmm. eating healthy or writing or reading or whatever, whatever your goal is that you're working on. But this is this is where you really got me, Miles. Whenever you talked about the diligence, it's that same concept <laughs> yeah. of doing what you don't want to do when you need to do it. But like you said, it's doing it at a high level. Yeah. It's not just practicing, but it's practicing perfectly. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like there's <laughs> there's been a couple of things in my life right now in this season that I've been, you know, I've been doing for a minute. And I can probably say, hey, I've been disciplined and yes, motivation has followed, but I need to challenge myself to be more diligent, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. taking it to the next level. Like what, what does that look like? And yep. I think the thing that the thing that makes that hard sometimes is sometimes somebody else can't really tell you what that is. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to define that for yourself, yes. right? Yep. Like kind of going back to what you're talking about with, you know, God's purpose for our lives and, and, and him being able to move mountains to, to reach it. The thing is I could miles could someone else could give you practical things to do, but that's our vision, the yep. way that we would do it. Right. Yep. God gave you a specific vision for how your purpose is going to, is going to unfold. Right. So it, it makes it kind of hard to like really say, Oh, well, what does diligence look like for me? Because my my diligence might be different from miles's diligence and might be even more different from from yours yeah but i think it's important to figure out what that is for you and and, and to live that for sure 
and, and, and see, you said it right there. And that's the next thing I was going to say. You know, diligence is what separates the people who do it and the people who live it. Mm. That's what it is, man. Like, when I think about motivational speaker, like, I do motivational speaking, but do I live motivational speaking yet? No, I don't. Right. And I don't have anybody to blame for that but myself, because I know that there are things that I could be doing on a day to day basis that I have not done yet. And so while I do get speaking engagements and they pay me well, they're not as consistent as I want them to be. And I'm not able to make a full time living off of them yet. And that's due to my lack of diligence. I'm, I'm motivated and I'm disciplined, but I'm not being diligent when it comes to certain areas. Right. So, you know, and a lot of times the other thing is who's going to check you on it? Think about it. Like, it's easy for people to check you on your inconsistency. You've been in and out. You say you're supposed to be going to the gym or you're supposed to be posting this content and you haven't done it. That's easy for people to monitor. It's very hard for somebody who, especially if they're not diligent in their own lives, which, like I said, typically most people aren't. Like, I think the diligence is like that 1% of success, right? Mm -hmm. These are the people, like I said, who are living it. They have achieved these amazing goals. And the reason is, is because they've always understood that it's not good enough to just do it. We have to do it better than we did it before. Yep. We have to get better every single day, 1%, as a lot of people say, right? Like, there has to just be one area. What are we going to improve today? Right. And so, unless you come across those 1% people and they're a part of your mission and your journey, right? It's tough to have somebody recognize that for you and call you out on it and say, hey, man, you're being consistent, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. You know, even though you've been posting every day for the last two years, I haven't seen any growth in terms of what you're talking about, how you're presenting it, the way you're supposed to be elevating it. Who's yeah. going to check you on it? And so you can get very comfortable with that fact. And we, I, I truly believe that because we live in a society that already makes us think doing the practical thing is the way that we need to live our life. When you're doing something impractical, when you're chasing a dream, I think that personally it is a self-imposed tendency for humans to look for ways out. Hmm. To look for excuses, to look for explanations to it, right? And so if you're a person that's like, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to do it, right? And you know you haven't been elevating, but you won't pay attention to that side. What you'll actually tell yourself, you know, when you're sitting here asking yourself why you haven't grown past a certain point, you'll tell yourself, you know, maybe this just isn't for me. You know, I've, I've, I've done everything that I can do. I've worked my tail off. I've done this every single day. I followed the plan. Instead of telling ourselves and being honest with ourselves, but have you done everything at the highest level that you could do? Yep. Instead of saying, have you thought of everything around? You know, when you when when you saw this person who's more successful that you're doing it and they said, hey, these are five things that you can do right now to get more bookings as a motivational speaker. And you only did two of them. You left the other three and just didn't do them. You stopped once you saw a little success with those two. You didn't even touch the other three. And now you're giving up on it. Now okay. you're saying, hey, I think I'm just meant to be a... A sometimes motivational speaker, not a full times. See, th that's what we do as humans. We try to rationalize our way out of our dreams. Oh, that part. Rationalize our way outside of our dreams. <laughs> yes, I agree with. I agree with that. I agree with that. Because we don't want to go so, think about. It. We don't want to go through life with regret. Exactly. We don't want to go through life saying I never tried. And so what we'll do is we'll try, but we truly won't give it our all. Right. So what do you, what do you do? So, so 
something that struck me. So one, what you said about rationalizing our way outside of our dream, and then you giving your example about motivational speaking and how there's some spaces you can still be more diligent in, right, to, to be able to do it more full time. Mm-hmm. But how do you navigate whenever you're in maybe this in-between time, right, where you are still building your brand and your, your company and your entrepreneurship skills, right? And so you do still have the nine to five. So mm-hmm. you're realistically, your time is just naturally limited, right? No matter how how much, you know, effort or time or grid or consistency that you that you put in, point blank period, you you have some natural limitations, right? Yeah. So it's it's very possible that you can be in a space where you are doing all the things that you should be doing in this season, mm-hmm. but you're not necessarily at full-time motivational speaker or, or full-time insert dream here level yet because you still have the nine to five or whatever other responsibilities. How do you reconcile that and I guess give yourself grace for like, okay, you know what? I'm not where I want to be, mm-hmm. but I am where I'm supposed to be for the moment. Not yeah. necessarily getting off the gas, but just saying, all right, I need to keep doing what I'm doing to get yeah. to the next level. But like not kind of, you know, not being in the space where I'm, I'm now condemning myself saying, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough because I haven't made it yet yep. with everything. Yeah. So it's, it's threefold. You have to plan, you have to sacrifice and you have to be patient. Those are, are the three things. And I'm the type of person, like, I think planning is so crucial because because how do you know if you're on the right path if you have no path outlined? Mm. You know, like, if I'm just walking aimlessly, how do I know I'm headed in the right direction? So um, I'll start with this quote, something my band director told me in high school. He said, you know, always proud, never satisfied. Mm. You know, always proud. Like, whatever we have done, whatever we've worked towards, be proud of that. Whatever you have achieved, be proud of that and praise yourself for that. But we will never, ever in our lives be satisfied. And this is just a, a level. And some people, they may say that, no, there's a level where I'll be satisfied. And and that's good for them. But I can speak for me and I can speak for, you know, most people that I encounter. Nobody ever really is satisfied. We may, like I said, rationalize ourselves into believing we're satisfied. But mm-hmm. when you ask, are you truly happy with your life? Mm. if people had to really deal with themselves and and i always use the example if you were on your deathbed would you have regrets Mm. and most people would and so i sit there and i say all right cool you're living now so whatever those regrets are you can change it yep you have the the ability to fix that in this moment you have time exactly and one day you're going to be on that deathbed and that's my motivation behind everything is when i'm on my deathbed i don't want to have a regret about anything anything right i gave him my all i don't care about my mistakes i care about how i dealt with them mm. did i make mistakes because i was moving with my heart and moving in the right direction was going sure. for yeah i'm fine with that i can live with that yeah no the only day i'll be satisfied is when it's time for me to say hello to the lord amen amen so when i say plan sacrifice and uh patience right you got to plan you got to outline those steps you have to most people they get tripped up because they're not efficient planners you know, if you suck at planning, you need to go to somebody who's very good at it. Mm-hmm. And and just a tip to help people learn how to plan. It's all about reverse engineering. You work backwards. Start with the end in mind. Where do you want to so, go? Yep. Exactly. Like 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 we already said, if you don't know where you're going, you ain't gonna get no directions. <laughs> so okay, I want to save a ten thousand dollars in a year. Cool. What does that look like every single month? 
What does that look like every single week? What does that look like every single day? Now that you have your numbers and you know your metrics for success, now you say, do I have the means for success? Does my job with the finances I'm making allow me to achieve that? All right, if it does, then cool. You already know what you need to do every single month. I need to set this, or every single week, I need to set this side of money apart and I'll get to my goal. Great, cool, you, 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 you got that plan. If you don't have the means, then now it's time to say, how can I go achieve these particular means? If my job isn't paying me enough, do I need to go apply for another job? Do I need to work extra hours? Do I need to go back to school to get an extra degree? Do I need to go sign up for Google University and get a certification so that way I can up my pay? You know, then you figure out the means. And then once you're there, you just execute. Now, see, the, the part that I wasn't aware would happen is the anxiety you get while executing that comes with patience, right? That's the second step. You know, well, really, it's the third step because part of uh, before I even get to that patience, let's talk about sacrificing. Right. So let's say you don't the time have it the takes. means, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. That's, so let's say you don't have the means to do it. Um, or let's say, matter of fact, let's use it. Let's say your job does pay you enough, but your cost of living doesn't, mm. because you ha live in an expensive luxury apartment. Um, you 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 lease a car that you know payment is six hundred dollars a month. Oof. Um. You, you like to go out a lot, whatever. Right. And Your so lifestyle the doesn't of, support it. Exactly. Right. So if you really want this, the second step after you plan is to identify the areas that you need to sacrifice. So when we talk about the uh, aspect of being a nine to five worker and your dream, like what you brought up as an example, you're limited by time. I know that from nine to five. All right, cool. I'm not going to have the time for that. So what that means is even though I've planned what I need to do, I need to place it during the time periods that I know are going to help me to be successful. So if I'm in a position where I know I have weekends off, I'm going to have to sacrifice. I may want to go out with my friends. I may want to go, you know, kick it with the crew or do whatever. But I want this dream more. And that's mm. what you have to ask yourself. I want this goal more. What do you want more? Because whatever is a higher priority, you will find a way to do it. Right. We make room for what we want. We make room for it. And, and I so want to... Real quick, I just want to I just want to jump in here. When we talk about that sacrifice, I think so many times people think that it's like zero or a hundred. So, yeah. like in your example, they're thinking like, "Dang, if I I, I want to get this dream, so I want to mm -hmm. save up ten thousand dollars in a year, I mm -hmm. can't hang out with my friends." Mm -hmm. No, that's not that's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it might just mean like instead of hanging out with them every single weekend, yep. maybe it's just twice a month. Exactly. Or maybe it's when we hang out, we're not spending money. We're, we're not just doing, doing super expensive. Right. We're at the we're at the crib playing video games or exactly. you know whatever your thing is right there's there's a way where you can have this middle ground where you can mm -hmm. still enjoy life yep. you can still enjoy your friends you can still do you can still sleep in you can still do things that you want but you just might have to be more intentional with it to say right. hey I got a plan I got to meet this plan I only got one one late night a a, a week or a month exactly. or you know what whatever that looks like for you so sacrifice exactly. isn't is an all or nothing there can exactly. be an in between but keep and going. I love that you said that because it's gonna be dependent on each individual's tolerance for that mm -hmm. I'm the type of person where I can for pretty much anything in my life and it's not everything there are certain areas where I'm weaker but for most things I am willing to <laughs> I'm willing to go cold turkey if it means getting to that goal oh, wow. quicker. I like so I'll give an example. Um I just bought my first uh rental property in oh, March. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
So I had had this this dream that I wanted to do that right around I'd probably say since about June of last year. Okay. I knew that I wanted to do it. I made the decision like, okay, I don't want to keep renting. This costs way too much out here in Nashville. And if I'm going to be doing it, I'd rather be paying a note towards something that I can at least own. And I said, okay, am I going to be able to do that, you know, with the current means that I have? And I recognize I would, but it would take me about two or three years, given how much money I'd have to spend with mm-hmm. rent and all that. I would only have so much left over um, to do that. And I said, okay, I know I love being out here, have all my friends out here and stuff, but I do have a supportive home that I can go to where my parents don't charge me any rent. You know, I have a household where the groceries are taken care of. You know, I have a situation where if I'm willing to relocate for a temporary move and make this temporary sacrifice, I can get to this goal in eight months. And I made that decision. I said, you know what? In August, when this lease is up, I'm coming home. My family was like, cool, you know, your room's still here. Come on, anytime you want. You know, my pops always told me, I don't care if you're 50 years old and you have a family and kids and you fall on tough times. This house is always here for you. And so... I said, okay, I'm blessed with this, this asset, right, in my family. Let me utilize it. You know, let's not delay my progress if I know mm. I can live with that. And I said, okay. So I moved home and I took that sacrifice. I was away from all my friends, but that was okay. I said, you know what, it's for a greater good. They're not going anywhere. They'll be here in eight months. And I set my plan. And see, this is where the third level comes, patience, right? It so It takes time, yeah. It takes time. And what a lot of people, what, what nobody told me was you can have a plan and you can make the sacrifice. And for a while, that's, you know, you can live with that. That's cool and all. But especially when you have plans that take a while, like they, it takes some time. It takes some brewing for it to be the right moment. And even though you even know what the right, I knew exactly what number I needed to reach to be able to pay my down payment and have plenty of money left over so that I wasn't struggling because that's what I wanted. I didn't want to just pay it. I wanted to have money left over. And so Nobody ever told me about the anxiety that you get, the anxiousness, the 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 doubt or anything that you get when you're in the, the waiting mist. phase. Yep. yep. Right? I've done everything. Now I am just waiting. I'm being patient. Nobody told me about that. And it got to a point to when when I was about a month and a half to two months, I'll say probably three months from there. When I knew I, I I'm like, I could do it right now. I could pull the sugar on it right now. But I was like, man. No, because you know you don't want to be in a position where you know you're you're struggling financially, and if something were to happen, you don't have any any savings and any backup for it. So right. let's wait. Let's just give it two, three more months before we go and make this decision. That was the toughest moment of it all, bro. That was yeah. the toughest part. Yeah. So that that's that's part of that that patience is like you have to be so locked in and 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 in love with what you're you're trying to achieve that you say, hey. In the face of my anxiousness, in the face of all this, it's okay for me to feel this way. But in terms of my actions, I will stick to this plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like I always think, you know, everything can kind of be resulted to if you're a religious person or a Christian, I, I go to the Bible. You know, I think about the statement, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think about that from this perspective. As for me and my plan, I will follow it. Hey. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. No matter what comes down, it comes down to no matter what setbacks even that I have. Right. I think about that from a biblical context. Like there are going to be things when, when you're saying as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That means it don't matter what happens. We are making a, a declaration. We will serve the Lord. 
And so when it comes to my plan, I don't make any excuses for my plan. It doesn't matter what comes up in my plan. That just means we got to adjust it. Right. But we're going to achieve this goal. We're going to do that. And and that's the mindset that I go about it. No matter how long it takes, I, I know what I have to sacrifice. I know what I, what the plan is, what I have to execute on. And I know that I have to wait. And And you just have to find solace in the fact that, hey, you're fine. Like you're doing what you need to do. Just yeah. trust it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 all good stuff. And I um, I think, you know, kind of what you're saying, you alluded to it a little bit, but it kind of ties into what the the second episode of Weekly Words was about. And so for, for those of you who might not have gotten to tune in, it was uh, centered around the question, uh, can I do this alone or can I do this on my own? And what I said in, in the episode was, yeah, you you probably can. You know, it's probably going to be really difficult or take you a very long time or, you know, whatever the case is. But, you know, why would you? Right. God's called us to community. And when we do things together, we can go further and we can set it up for the next generation after us. And so, you know, I, I want to pose that question to you, but I also want to highlight that, you know, you kind of spoke on it already when you were talking about what your what your father said, saying, hey, yeah, you can you can stay here, you know, whenever whenever you need to. And that yeah. that idea that you were so quick saying, hey, I have this goal in mind with the current my current living situation. It's going to take me, you know, I think you said a couple of years to reach it. Mm-hmm. But if I make this sacrifice and I and I accept help from my family, the mm-hmm. people who are living life with me, I actually can reach my goal in less than a year. Yeah, that's that's major. So can, can you kind of talk through just from, you know, your experience, maybe more on that situation or a different situation where you've seen the the importance or the benefit of accepting help from somebody else or maybe even giving yeah. help to someone else? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it just in that that situation. Right. You had to put your pride to the side. And that's a big, your, your pride and your trust are two of the main reasons. And I know you talked about that in your episode, like that trust, right? Um, is It can be a big inhibitor to people really allowing other people to be a part of their journey and to help them achieve their goals. Um, you have to find people like you. I always think of the old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And I had to ask myself, what do I want to do? Do I want to do this fast? Or do I want to go far? Right. And in my situation, fast and far, we're both the same thing in terms of working with other people. And that's a, a beautiful situation. But, you know, over overall, my answer to that question will always be go far. Mm-hmm. You know, nine times out of 10, it only would take certain situations where I would say faster is better. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly believe that if you want to go fast, you can go faster. If you have the right people around, mm-hmm. you go even faster. Right. Because they're going to be able to help you in the areas where you're weak, in the areas yep. where you struggle. And yep. so instead, right, you may be able to go fast in, in area one, two, and three, but in areas four, five, and six, you right. always you take struggle. a while. Yep. You're not as good as, nobody's good at everything. Nobody's good at everything. Everybody has an area of weakness. So in those areas of weakness, if you want to twiddle your thumbs and get stuck there and let that be an inhibitor to where you need to go, then okay, go by yourself. Figure it out on your own. But I know as for most people, we don't want to have to struggle if we don't have to. And, right. and so I highly encourage people to understand that, like, this journey through life, we're not meant to do it alone. Right. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> we weren't put on an earth with, with 7 billion people. To do we it don't, by ourselves. Exactly. We weren't raised and, and, and born as social creatures to not be social with all the aspects of our life. Like, it just, it just doesn't flow with your own biology. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there's a reason why most people who suffer with a lot of mental health problems, they also struggle with social disorders. They also struggle with being around people. They struggle with trusting people. Right? Like, all these different things. They struggle with pride. Because it affects the way you value other people's ability to help you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It affects everything in your life. Yeah. When you don't want to involve anybody in your dreams or in your problems, it makes life harder. Right. And, you know, I I heard a saying, um, I heard a saying from one of my uh, friend's fathers. He told us this when we we were going into our sophomore year. You're just telling us, like, you know, rely on me, like, call on me when you need help. I've been where you've been before, right? And he said something that was, we live by it to this day. It, it, it applies to every situation you can think of. And he was saying, you know, calling on me, I'm not saying that it's going to make this easy, but it will make it less difficult. Mm. And I think that that is so powerful when you really think about everything in life, because all the decisions that we make, they're not going to necessarily make life easier. They're not going to necessarily solve all our problems just because we call somebody and ask them for help. No, you're still going to have issues. You're still going to run into some problems. You're still going to struggle. The key is to make those moments when you're struggling, those moments where you have problems, to make them, don't allow them to be bigger than they need to be. Don't allow them to go on longer than they have to. Don't make your life more difficult because you refuse to accept help from people who can help you that's just so big for me man yeah yeah 100 percent. and I, I i really like that example you gave about you know rely on me I, I've, I've been where you are and i think there's this stigma that people think like oh if, if i ask for help or if i need help it makes me weak or it makes me mm-hmm. inadequate and stuff and you know that's like you know going back to what we we're talking about the the limitations from society that's something that we have to get away from we have to let Mm -hmm. go of that right literally everyone who has ever done anything great come on has had help exactly name one person who did it on their own nobody (laughs) right it's impossible everybody has some sort of help you know whether it's uh you know a, a partner for you know thinking things through maybe it's them fully uh so like let me go back maybe it's someone with your example of you know strong and one two three weak and four five six mm-hmm. maybe it's somebody that helps you in that weakness or mm-hmm. maybe it's someone who just takes on that responsibility altogether exactly. and you don't have to worry about it like exactly it's it doesn't make you a weaker or or a less successful person it just makes you like everybody else like everybody yep. needs help at some point mm-hmm. and, and i think that mm-hmm. go ahead my bad I'm no, sorry. no you got to go ahead i was gonna change the topic a little bit All I was going to say was, you know, it's that desire to want to be so different from everyone that prevents us from actually doing extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. Like you want to do something on a level that nobody else has done. Right. But the funniest part about that is in order to do that, you have to do the basic human things that help you be successful, which is working with other people. But that desire to want to be so different and allowing that to be a limiting factor from you accepting help is going to prevent you from doing the actual different thing that you're trying to do. Right. 
So it's just so funny how it's counterintuitive to your goal. And so I look at it when people say, hey, it makes me weak if I, you know, accept this help. Well, I'll put it this way. You can be weak in your own eyes, right, internally. Let's talk about it like this. You can be internally weak because nobody else is going to look at you weak. But you can be weak in your own eyes and ask for the help and get the solution that you want. Or you can be strong in your own eyes and be a fool in real life. That, that, that you cannot right. ask for help at all and you can be a fool in real life because you never were able to achieve your dreams past a certain point because you refused to accept help see that's when you're on your deathbed that's the stuff you're going to care about nobody that nobody that's achieved success sits on their deathbed and says man i know it was successful but i shouldn't have ever asked these people for help i don't say that they say, thank God I was able to get out of my shell and ask this person for help because mm -hmm. I would have never accomplished this great thing. Mm -hmm. My dream would have never became a reality if I didn't learn how to work with others and yada, yada, yada. Like that, that's the truth. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I wonder to myself if we kind of part, part of the reason why we had that stigma, I think of course it's because of, you know, whatever kind of, uh, you know, thought that we have in, in, our, in our own mind and, you know, us working towards our own securities or working against our own insecurities, excuse me. But I also wonder if maybe, you know, part of it is the way that help is given, right? Mm. Like someone having, if if I have a bad uh, time or situation when I ask someone for help and like they hold it against my head yeah. or maybe I, I do it and they don't do it right or whatever, I might never ask for help again. And so yeah. that thought actually made me think about, you know, back into your book, uh, the, the chapter on, on uh, leadership mm. where you were talking about... Um, you know, a true leader operates from the core of their humanity, their heart, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like we have to, the same way that we're talking about, we have to, you know, be able, we have to be willing to ask for help and, and be secure in our own ability. I think we also, whenever we are giving help, we have to do it from this, you know, humble place of saying, hey, I've yeah. been where you've been. You know what I mean? Not like yeah. this this high horse, like, oh, yeah, I'm better than you. You need my help. Da, 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 da. Like, nah, like, at some point, you're probably going to need their help. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. It, it's the word to me, the number one word, and this is for everything in life that I live by. My number one word in life is empathy. Mm. More than anything else, it's empathy. Because when you can not only understand yourself so much that you recognize the, like, hey, I've gone through this. I've been through this before. There was a time when I was there. You also also have this ability where you're so empathetic and have this high level of emotional intelligence where you also can understand where other people are coming from. Right. It, it allows you to not only be a more effective leader, it allows you to be a better person, a better partner, a better everything. Because it's so easy when we get out of our struggles and we haven't had to deal with certain things anymore, right? We Whatever trauma we had five, ten years ago, we haven't faced that in forever and we've, we've conquered that in our life. It's so easy for us to see somebody else dealing with it Go talk about them as if we weren't ever in their shoes and we didn't know what to do and, and and we didn't know how to process this trauma and deal with these certain types of people or or not be triggered when this particular thing happened. We, we just forget what it was like to be in their shoes, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why empathy is so important to me, yep. because when you have empathy, you recognize that like. One, it's never personal what somebody else does to you. So if you, if I ask you for advice and, you know, it didn't come out the right way, hey, I can choose to work with you, not work with you, but I don't have to take that personal, right? I'm right. not going to make your lack of ability um, to, to properly give advice and give assistance limit me now from asking anybody for help. 
That right. that's see that's those fallacies that we tell ourselves that that end up limiting ourselves. Yep. One person hurts you or two people hurt you and now everybody is 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 screwed and I don't want to deal with them. You know, so it it's we have to get to a point to where we're empathetic because to me that's all rooted in in self-assurance and this belief that we're just better than people. Because I promise you, you can say what you want about, oh, yeah, these people, I've dealt with these people and they just constantly do me dirty. How many people have you done dirty in your life? <laughs> right there, let, let's part. really be honest with ourselves. That How many people have you blown up on that you should have shown grace to? How many people did, they got you on a bad day mm. and, 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 and caught some strays that they should have never caught? How many people have, have you, you know, lied to, said something rude about? talk behind their back but yet when somebody talks bad about you see this is why i don't mess with people everybody messy see you know but you were just as messy the other day come on man and i don't care if it was yesterday that you did it or if it was 10 years ago that you did it it doesn't matter right because everybody goes through their own struggles the areas where you're now strong they may be weak in but guess what those areas that you're weak they conquered them when they was babies right when they was toddlers they never had this issue anymore they grace exactly grace you have to have it. You have to have yeah. empathy. Yeah. What I always say is, and I said this on the on the episode, I said, you know, the details of our lives, mm. where we're from, our family, how we were brought up, our, the ideas we were given, the experiences we had, all those are 100% unique to us, right? Yep. That's, that's part of what makes humankind in the world so beautiful. We are all beautifully and perfectly unique. Mm-hmm. But if you sit down and think about it, all of the, the themes, T-H-E-M-E, yep. are the same. We've all yep. experienced joy and <laughs> happiness and love. We've, we've experienced heartbreak and pain and failure. We've, we've had doubt and fear and all these different things, right? Yep. If we think about that, we can now go to the table and you and I can have a conversation or, you know, whoever you're in relationship with can have a conversation and those details are different, but the themes are the same. And now you can have conversations like, oh, wow, you too. I'm yep. going through that as well. Let's yep. try to figure this out together. Or you're going through that right now. I went through that uh, a couple years ago. Let me show you how I get out of here. Or, oh, wow, you're going through that. I haven't experienced that yet. Tell me how you're feeling. Like, let me walk through this with you and I can try to help as much as possible. And yep. then maybe a couple of years from now, you actually experience that too. And you're more equipped to handle it because of the friend you had a relationship with that went through it in a past season. Exactly. All of it comes together. And I think that ties into your empathy piece as well, because it it, it boils down to having a, having a moment where we are able to show compassion and grace and benefit of doubt to the person next to us or across the table from us. And we are giving them space to share their emotions, to feel their emotions and for us to try to understand or relate. And sometimes we won't be able to fully understand or get it. That's fine. But that space for them is important. Other times we are going to be able to, and that's going to be all the more encouraging and supporting for that person and it's going to help them phenomenally. Yes, you're, you're spot on, man. I, I always tell people that one of the biggest issues we have, um, uh, personal issues that individuals that I see, is thinking that the problems that we face are completely and solely our own mm-hmm. and nobody can help and relate to us. That's I, I can't tell you how many people go through life and when something happens to them, they say, woe is me. And, you know, nobody understands and this problem. Is, and it's like, dude. 
do you know how many people around you probably went through that exact thing? Yeah. But because you're not willing to express it and ask for help, you really think that you're all alone in this? Like, I can't imagine. Well, I've been there before, so I can't imagine, mm -hmm. right? What it's like when you isolate yourself and your problem. When you let yourself believe that no one is able of helping me, able to help me in this situation. Right. No one is able to give me the guidance that I need or give me the solace that I need. Like when you do that to yourself, you make it, like I said before, more difficult. Right. And let's be clear. Like there's there's a difference between saying, hey, you know what? I need a moment. I need mm -hmm. a moment to process. I need a moment to cry. I need a yep. moment to figure out how I'm feeling. I need a moment to digest, whatever. Like that's fine. You can yep. take your time to get things together in your head and your heart and stuff. Yep. But it's another thing to say, to isolate yourself and say, you don't have anybody. Exactly. Right. Like, and, and the thing is it, it might, it could be difficult to find someone. Cause maybe, maybe you don't have a big family or maybe yep. you're not cussing your family. Right. You, you might have to go to a friend group. You might have to go to a support group. You might have to go to church. Like you might have to go to a different Avenue of people. Yep. Yep. But I think the thing that we're trying to say is that, there is somebody somewhere. You just have exactly. to find them. Exactly. And the beauty of the world we live in today is honestly, whatever you're, you're looking for, the help you're looking for, the answer you're looking for is that nothing but away. a Google or an Instagram search yep. or a YouTube search yep. away. Yep. You can find that support group if you're struggling with your mental health. Um, if you're dealing with being cheated on in a relationship and trying to develop your trust back, if you're going through alcoholism, if you're struggling with grief and, and, and loss, anything that you can think of, if you're trying to build a business, like the good and the bad, there are people out there to help you through every single level. Mm -hmm. You just have to be open enough to realize that like, I can make my life just a, a tad bit less difficult if I reach out and, and am open enough to receive this assistance. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And I, I think all of that is, you know, what, keeps me going here with weekly words and weekly words extended and based on what you're saying i think that's part of what keeps you going with all of your you know writing and and, and speaking as well so i'm glad to see that you know there are you know lights in the world trying to help help people get to where they're supposed to be and and get to a get to a better place and you know i'm honestly just beyond grateful that you were able to join me today for this for this episode and Man. so i want to um you know pause here and just see if you had any other lasting thoughts ideas questions or just anything else you wanted to share man i'll just leave everyone with something that i say anytime um, people ask me for my last thoughts before i leave and you know it's i believe it's the very first quote um that i say in my book um the way you see the world impacts the world you see and so mm -hmm. I, and i mean that to my, my my core if you go out into this world looking at it as a world that's against you that your problems are only your own that no one's here to help that bad things always happen to you that will be the world right. you get in return that's what you're going to attract you're going to attract that energy and on top of that you're going to focus on that energy i think that's the piece to it that a lot of people don't think about is we always talk about the attraction you know that our thoughts have but we don't recognize the tangible way it plays out you know, that's an intangible, but the tangible way is you're going to pay closer attention to the things that you're aware of than the things that you're unaware of. The unconscious things, 
you're not going to pay as close attention to them when they come. So when great opportunities come up, guess what you're going to do? You will find a way to look at it as negative. Uh, nothing good ever happens for me. I know if I did that, they're going to probably pick some white person to, to work this job. Or, you know, if I go for this opportunity, I'm going to get disappointed. You're going to find a way to turn those positives into negatives if you look at the world as a negative place for you. But you see, if you look at it as a positive world, as opportunities are always abundant in my life, you know, I can achieve anything I want to achieve. There's ideas all around me. I just have to be there to, to, to watch them when they come. Then when these opportunities come, that will be what your focus is on. And you'll be able to mm -hmm. recognize it. Yep. You'll be able to ingest it and, and take and, advantage and process of it. it and yep. take advantage of it. And so you will in turn create a positive world, a positive life. And so I always leave people with that. You know, I, change your mind, change your life is exactly what I named it. Yeah. From a book perspective, from a brand perspective, and just from a straight up mo motto. Yeah. Change it's your mind, change motto. your life. It's Whatever you live by. Yep. Whatever it is, like what, however your mind is, 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 is programmed, your life will reflect it. So, yeah. you know, that, that's what I'll leave everybody with. The way you see the world impacts the world you see. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, and one small add on, I do a time capsule at the end of every year. So I, I write a, a letter and a, and a note to myself, a prayer, my goals, and I put it in, in, a, in an envelope. I seal it up and then I open it up a year later. And then I also do a mid-year one, one for me to open up in the middle of the year. And mine for the middle of this year, uh, it's a lot of things, but one of the big things that, that I took from it was I said to myself, if you don't like where you are, you still have time to change it. Boom. So change your mind, change your life. Miles, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, go ahead and let everybody know again, you know, where they can get the book, where they can stay in contact with you, where they can follow you and, you know, see all the great uh, speaking engagements and other content that you have going to, that you have for them to be able to par partake in, excuse me. Yes. So if you want to follow me guys, um, Instagram and TikTok are the two main platforms that you'll see me post the most on. So Instagram at miles dot the millennial tiktok is miles the millennial um so if you just type in miles the millennial it'll pop up on both platforms um and that's miles and with a y miles with a y m-y-l-e-s the millennial um m-i-l-l-e-n-n-i-a-l um so you know i highly encourage you guys to follow me because i drop daily gems advice content for people to work with and to live by and um if you're looking to purchase the book like I said, you can find it on my website, um, which is where I would love for you to purchase so I can sign it for you, distribute it myself. That is at www.milesthemillennial.com. Or you can find it on Amazon. If you want to go through Amazon, like I said, I will appreciate it either way. Just search up Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, A Young Adult Guide to Fulfillment. Um, thank you, everyone. I really appreciate it. And, and Robert, thank you, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. This was great. Yeah, for sure, man. No, I, I appreciated you. I think I we, we had a great conversation. And like I said, you... There are multiple times throughout this episode where you leveled me up or, you know, inspired me of, OK, you know what? I might need to <laughs> change some Brother. things that I'm doing. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and everybody, I definitely recommend the book. I've, I've gotten it. I've read it again. It's less than 100 pages. It has some great content and content in here. You will get at least one thing from it for sure. Uh, but again, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, where we give you words to live by. I am your host, Robert Timmons. Uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Slightly Poetic. That is at S-L-E-I-G-H-T. 
S-L-Y-P-O-E-T-I-C at Slightly Poetic. And if you want to be a part of Weekly Words, Viewers Corner, or the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, feel free to email me at weeklywordsrt at gmail.com. Again, that's weeklywordsrt at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week, an even better month, and I will see you back here next time.